Welcome. You are listening to The Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm your host, Meryl Arnett, and my passion is making meditation accessible and enjoyable. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a guided meditation. If you would like to access these meditation practices as standalone audio files for your daily practice, please subscribe to my newsletter at merylarnett.com. It's free and you'll receive a new mini meditation each week, along with behind the scenes content and bonus material for each podcast episode. All right, let's grab a cup of tea, a comfy seat, and settle in for today's practice. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Mindful Minute podcast. Today, I am bringing you a conversation with Sarah Ray Hoagland. Sarah Ray is the creator and the host of the Spiritually Inspired podcast, and she is a mindful manifestation coach. Now, I know some of my listeners are starting to like scroll back in their mind and going, wait a minute. You have never, ever said the word manifestation, and you've never had a manifestation expert on. This is different. I know. (laughs) And it's not because I don't believe in manifestation. It's not because I don't want to talk about it. It's because I find it to be incredibly nuanced and full of paradoxical contradiction. So it's not something that's easily talked about in 20, 30, 40 minutes even, right? It's personal. It is in-depth. It's a little bit complicated. But I just had the great pleasure of being interviewed for Sarah Ray's podcast. I got to be a guest for her. And as we were talking, I really sensed that she was the person to bring this topic to the Mindful Minute. Sarah Ray has got such a fun, uplifted energy about her. And I think that she really talks about manifestation in a real earthy way. This is not to say there is not magic involved in this episode, y'all. There is magic. Join me today. We're going to talk about the law of attraction, the law of detachment, the contradiction that rides between those two things, the four steps that frame out what manifestation might look like. We talk about the difference between goals and manifestations. Sarah Ray helps me realize some of the work that I'm doing right now. She gave me some framework for it. And we do a beautiful cleansing ritual together at the end. So let's jump into today's conversation. Sarah Ray, thank you so much for chatting today. I'm so glad to have you on the Mindful Minute. Thank you so much for having me, Meryl. Mm-hmm. So we just got to chat. We just recorded a conversation going the other way. You interviewed me for yes. your podcast, which was such a treat. And it was a beautiful interview. Absolutely oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Now the tables are turned. I get to ask <laughs> you some questions. And I want to start with like a little confession slash caveat for listeners and for you. Mm-hmm. So longtime listeners will know that I have never, ever, ever even said the word manifesting on this podcast, much less had somebody who teaches manifestation on the podcast. 
And this is not because I don't believe in manifestation. It's not because I'm against it in any way, shape, or form, but it's because I find it to be so incredibly nuanced Mm -hmm. and so easy for it to be taken as a a wish and a spiritual bypassing of any responsibility and hard work that comes with this type of mindful connection to self. And when I listened to some of your teachings and I read some of your writing on your website, I realized that you were the person to bring this content to the Mindful Minute because you emphasize the work. And I love that. So why don't we start with maybe tell listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, how you got started. Give us a little background. I really appreciate that, Meryl. That was one of the, I had the same belief and that is ultimately how I came to develop the manifesting system that I share now with my clients. So very similar background where I, you know, felt like it was kind of wishy-washy manifesting and law of attraction. Um, Although I felt like it was true, like I felt the truth of it in my soul, but I just wasn't resonating with the way it was being talked about. But it luckily didn't deter me from just getting my feet wet and experimenting. And that ultimately brought me here now. Um, As far as spirituality goes, I've always been a very spiritual person. Um, I grew up in different kinds of churches. My mom is also very spiritual and has the psychic gifts. And I have psychic gifts as well. So it's always been part of me. I've been very fortunate in that way. I've never had to go through that repression phase, really. So it's always just kind of been opening up. But it wasn't until I was a young adult striking out on my own that I discover you know, all of the good stuff, you know, yoga, crystals, astrology, manifesting, meditation, all of that mindfulness. Um, so now it's been, that was about 12 years ago. And now here I am focusing solely on manifesting because I've had a lot of revelations in the last three to four years about what it means to actually successfully manifest and how to show others how to manifest because you are absolutely right. It is totally nuanced. Um, and it's really hard to make blanket statements. Um, not to say that we don't do it. Sometimes you just have to speak generally sometimes, but it is absolutely an individual situation every single time. So that's one of the reasons why I started coaching mm. people on how to manifest successfully so that I can help you on the most individual level. And so we don't, we're not leaving out anything. So what might work for somebody perfectly might not work for you, but we can tweak it just a little bit to fit your lifestyle. And then you can successfully manifest. So I'm all about teaching people how to learn to work with the law of attraction, not follow the step-by-step system and you will have results. It's more like learning a skill. That's essentially what I do is I teach the skill of manifesting mindfully. So beautifully said. I love that. And I will remember that using it as a skill, not as a blanket statement. This is the five steps and then you've done it, right? I'm telling you, if that were true, if there were blanket statements, if there were five steps, if I could just wish, I promise you, I would tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) I would not leave that out there. I I would not gatekeep that, but this is the truth. So you have to trust me. I love it. All right. So let's start with 101 basics because we've never talked about this before. So tell listeners, let's start with what's the law of attraction? What what are you talking about? Yeah. So the law of attraction is one of many of operating laws of the universe. And when we say law, we're kind of talking about just like the way things work. It's not like how we perceive law as a human. It's just more like this is just the way the universe operates. So the law of attraction, you've probably heard this before, that like attracts like, right? But what does that mean? So every single person, living being, animal, plant, anything that is alive in the consciousness universe has an energetic blueprint. 
And there's all different kinds of contributing factors to what your energetic blueprint currently is. It's very malleable. It changes over time. You can mindfully change it or it can be on autopilot. It's just kind of the energy that you're emanating out. Your aura is part of this. It's an, Or your aura isn't 100% all said and done your energetic blueprint. It Like your energetic blueprint in my eyes is all-encompassing while your aura is more of like just your energy body, Mm -hmm. Um, while your energetic blueprint also brings in like your psyche, your mental state, physical ailments, all these other factors. So all of this contributes to the energy that you're putting out in the world. And because like attracts like, the universe has to respond with like energy because it is impossible to bring in any type of energy that is not a vibrational match. And that is just that we see this being repeated in all layers of science, not just in mindfulness, um, but this is just true of the world that all likes have to be together. And this is also just how we organize things as human beings. We have to group things together is how we make sense of stuff. So this just is the way that we operate in the world. Um, and we also know from a scientific perspective that everything is energy. Everything is atoms. There is a unified atom that unifies the unified field theory. We know this is true. Therefore, all Mm -hmm. things are connected and all things are energy and it's all malleable and moving around. It's also conscious. So it's living and breathing and experiencing. And all this is true. None of this is like speculation or God talk or anything. This is all, these are all facts so far. (laughs) Like these are things that you can go and look up actual studies being done on the central nervous system and how it affects radiating outward. So all of this is true. This is one of the reasons why I like to talk about manifesting in this way because it's not speculation. We're not just wishing and praying We're actually understanding what it means to attract something because we understand from a human, collective, scientific perspective, we understand that everything is energy and certain energies have to come together. So that is what the law of attraction is. That was a really long and complicated way of answering that question. (laughs) No. And you know what I thought of immediately as you were talking is that makes perfect sense because I know I witness every single day that we Mm co-regulate when we're in a room with other people our nervous system responds to their nervous system. If they're highly activated, we get activated. And if the people around us are grounded and steady and slow, we get grounded and steady and slow. Our nervous systems talk to one another, whether or not we're conscious of it, that's happening. And I I hear this is exactly what you're talking about is our energy, our nervous systems talking with the whole universe, right? The plant, that same, we respond to nature. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what you're talking about is, we go outside, our nervous system responds to our natural surroundings. Yes, absolutely. And you can take it a step further too. And the more you do your inner work, the more mindfulness you do, the more spiritual paths you take, the deeper you're working with your central nervous system, so to speak. Um, Mm. And the easier it becomes to change your energetic blueprint and, and thus change what you're manifesting. So that's where the work process of the manifesting law of attraction stuff trends comes from is that you have to do the inner work in order to truly change your blueprint. Because if you don't change your energetic blueprint, you're not going to change what you're manifesting. And you can only change your energetic blueprint through the work. Now, that's not to say that to do mindset work is and to do the wishes and to have that sort of aspect isn't hugely transformational, but that's just only the beginning. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to say, when am I manifesting? Like, am I manifesting a job, yeah. a fan? Like, what am I manifesting? What is that? That's mean? a trick question because you're always <laughs> manifesting. You are never not manifesting. <laughs> and this is why I try to be really uh, intentional with the way I phrase things. That's why I say manifesting on purpose, mindful manifesting, intentional mm. manifesting, because you are literally never not manifesting. Um, it's always happening. The universe is never not responding to your 
energetic blueprint. And this is why it can seem so instantaneous when something miraculous happens. You're like, whoa, I just thought about this and all of a sudden it happened. That's because the universe is just there. I'm getting a lot of big shivers right now. Spirit is telling me who is listening to this right now needs to hear this, that it can change instantaneously if you choose to, if you're open to that. So you're never not manifesting to answer that question. In order to change what you're manifesting, again, you have to do that inner work. So what does that involve? Shadow work, inner child work, Reiki, yoga, meditation, whatever. That is your spiritual practice. That's the topic of these podcasts, right? Is exploring all these spiritual practices. All this work that you're doing is going to ultimately change what you're what you can manifest. And that is mm-hmm. the minds, what I call the mindset shifting phase, the inner work phase. And we also kind of bleed into like a, a taking action phase as well when we are doing the work. So I want to follow up on the taking action phase. Don't let me forget. Yeah. But while we're here. You triggered something that I have been spending a lot of time thinking about, and I don't know what your answer is to this, and I'm very open to whatever it is, but you named a lot of possible practices that we could explore. Yeah. And one of the things I have really noticed in, let's say, the last five-ish years is this sense that perhaps we should, and I'm using that in air quotes, we should do all of these things to be well. I should do a 90-minute yoga practice every day and a 20-minute meditation and get Reiki done once a week and have my birth chart read so I know my astrology. And maybe I should talk to somebody who opens the Akashic Records. And I think each and every one of those practices has a place and is real and valuable. Yeah. I firmly, this is only a personal opinion, firmly believe none of us should be doing all of it. I totally agree. I totally agree. One practice and dive into the practice, right? Like claim your seat. Yep. This is my opinion. So tell me a little bit about your opinion around that. I totally agree. And I think there's a lot of people who have a lot of curiosity around all these things. I know you and I can probably relate to this because we're podcasters, right? That's one of the reasons why I started my podcast, the Spiritually Inspired Podcast, because I wanted to learn about everything. And I quickly realized that I couldn't do all the things, right? (laughs) So by doing the mindfulness practices, I realized where my gifts were, and that's specifically crystal Reiki and meditation and mindfulness. But that might not be it for you, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't explore. But I don't want people to feel like they have to commit to certain things. Mm. Like dabbling isn't really the same as saying, like what you were saying, I'm going to do this, 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 and then all of it, do all the things I'm going to you know, ascend and be enlightened and all. It's almost coming from a place of scarcity if you feel like you need to do Mm. all the things. What an interesting point. I love that, that idea of coming from a place of scarcity. That's really interesting. Yeah. Because why would you feel the need to do 90 minutes of yoga and then another 20 minutes and then go to Reiki? That is a lot. Not to say that a lot of people don't eventually work up to that point, but to do that right away, no bueno. Don't do that. Right. Yeah. We want something that is consistent and supportive yes. and inviting us into a deeper relationship with ourselves, it's helping us to do that work. You know, you named shadow work and inner child work. I don't know that I ever said, now I'm doing shadow work, right? <laughs> I, I have right. I know that I have literally never said that about myself. And I have done shadow work, right? Because yes. that is what has showed up at times. And I'm like, oh what is this terrible thing rearing its ugly head in my meditation practice? That's so interesting. Let me learn how to sit with this now. 
right? And so it could be within any practice, but I'm assuming listeners are already doing a meditation practice. I would like to think so if they're listening to the Mindful Mind right, podcast. Right, right. <laughs> be within the practice that you have that this work is unfolding. Yes? Yes, that is absolutely true. Very well said. Because it is all about learning what works for you because we all manifest so differently. And this is why I kind of take like a flexible roadmap approach because I don't want people to feel like they have to do things a certain way. It's all about your unique expression. It's about finding your spiritual zone of genius, finding where all the magic of your unique natal chart, your unique energy blueprint and all your interests where they converge. That is where not only your sole purpose is, but where you can break through your own manifesting ceilings and sit with the universe and do all these amazing things that you didn't think were possible. What is a manifesting ceiling? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) So your manifesting ceiling is your roadblock. Basically where you are right now, Mm -hmm. exactly where you are right now is your manifesting ceiling. Not to say it's a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but I like to phrase it this way because we often hear economists people talking about shattering the glass ceiling, right? So we're familiar with this phrase in the zeitgeist. I like to use the term manifesting ceiling because that is your cap where you currently are right now. And if you want to break through that, you got to do something different. And the universe has a really kind and loving way (laughs) of doing this, of, you know, all of a sudden, what's this rearing its ugly head in my meditation practice shadow work? Mm -hmm. Or um, this really intense eclipse brought up this feeling that I didn't like, oh, the universe is literally shining a spotlight exactly where you need to look in order to shatter, shatter your manifesting ceiling. I know this is not what this podcast is about, and it's airing much later than the actual date we're recording. But girl, that last lunar eclipse, what was that? <laughs> oh my gosh. It was just a couple days ago. Um, it was a couple yeah, days it, ago. It yep, it was so a couple days intense ago. for me. In Scorpio. Yeah. So it was in Scorpio, the, the sign of mystery and hiding things and repression and kind of like the shadow side of Scorpio is ignoring and avoidance. So things that have been repressed and avoided for too long came up this recently. So what is it, the beginning of May right now? So. You think back, beginning of May, what was coming up for you? That that is true. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) So that's the universe's way of showing you exactly what you need to work through your Mm -hmm. expansion opportunity in order to shatter your manifesting ceiling and manifest something new for yourself. Mm. All right. So let's follow this next step of take action, right? I'm doing doing my work. I'm noticing what's coming up for me. I'm paying attention to my practice. How am I taking action? Yeah. Well, normally I list my four phases that I have. They're kind of meant to be interchanged. So it's fine if we skip over the normal ones. But yeah, so we already mentioned mindset shifting, which is where most people tend to start. That's where we hear the wishing. It's where we hear the praying. It's where we're doing our affirmations and exploring our ego mind, meditation, all that really good Mm. stuff. That's where most people start. And that's where a lot of awesomeness can happen. Um, But we want to go deeper, right? So then we'd have taking action. Uh, As you already mentioned, there's it's pretty self-explanatory, right? That's actually going out and doing the things. It's doing your meditation. It's also removing manifesting obstacles such as, I want to move abroad, but I don't own a passport. That's a that's, that's an action that you can take, right? So anything, or, or you can think of it as a manifesting interference, something that you can remove or fix in your life that will give the universe the green light to go ahead. The passport is always the best example that I can think of. I love that. <laughs> so things like that. Um, and then another phase that we have uh, is intuitive planning, which is very similar to setting goals. I personally don't see setting goals and manifesting as the exact same thing. I see them kind of as two sides of the same coin. I like to take intuitive planning as like 
proving to the universe that you intend to take action. This is like setting your intentions, telling the universe what you're calling in, getting really clear on your vision, saying, this is how I'm going to get the ball rolling. And this is really important. This is how you're going to get the ball rolling. And then you start taking your actions and you're kind of doing your mindset work along the way. And then comes the most important, the phase that we don't often talk about, uh, and that's letting go or detachment. Um, As a yoga person, you probably are aware of how important detachment is. But this is the other law of the universe that we never talk about. There's many, but this one's very important. It's called the law of detachment. (laughs) Imagine that, right? (laughs) And it's basically just saying that the more you cleave to something, the less you actually have it. You know, the the less it's actually in your field. But the letting go phase is all about trusting that the universe is on your side, that you're reminding yourself that this is a process of co-creation, that you have done your part and trusting that the universe is going to do their part. And also believing that you can't dream big enough, meaning that the universe has way bigger plans in store for you. This is why we're only talking about getting the ball rolling. You have to be willing to pivot and change and let go of what you thought you wanted because the universe needs room to work its magic and send you all the big, beautiful things that you can't even fathom. So you just brought me right to the heart of what I want to talk about today, is, which is this unreal contradiction that you just named, right? That is- The manifesting contradiction. Tell me the manifesting contradiction. I heard it in the steps and I really want listeners to- I'm all about naming the paradox and things. Yes. So I'm, let's let listeners name the I'm paradox so of manifesting. I have to tell you, like all of our spirit guides are here right now. I am getting chills up and down my spine. So this is, I love this topic, the manifesting contradiction, because I love that you pointed it out because it's sometimes I, I don't want to, to like force people to see certain things, but I love when people are able to be like, wait a minute. That doesn't quite make sense. And then I'm like, that's, there you go. That's like where the magic is happening. So the the manifesting contradiction is you have to set yourself up for success. You got to do all the things, got to be prepared, got to make your plans. And then you have to be willing to just like let that all go at the same time. So it is tricky. That's where the spirituality comes in, in my opinion. That's what makes it magical. That's where the mystery part of it is. That's, you know, God works in mysterious ways. That's where all of that's coming in. And a lot of people with manifesting, they either go too far in that direction or they say, God will always provide and I don't have to do anything and I can just sit here and it will just come right to my door. Not to say that that's not possible because in theory, it is possible, but I have not met anyone that is like that. I would like to. That'd be Mm -hmm. pretty cool. (laughs) I would like to be that person, but I'm not. (laughs) So uh, then you go too far in the other direction, which is in my opinion, too hardcore goal setting where you're too focused on goals, meaning that it's a specific outcome. And this is kind of why I see goal setting and manifesting as similar, but not quite the same because when you have a goal, you have a very clear definition of success. But with manifesting, mm. you're open to experience abundance. So like what you're looking for is the is the feelings, you're manifesting feelings, and then your surroundings change to reflect that while a goal is very black or white, right? Like you are, it's very pass fail. Well, manifesting is not pass fail. Man, you just gave me, this is so interesting. So before I got on here to record with you, I was being interviewed for another podcast. So I just did a recording. The podcast is The Vibrational Shift. Vibrational Shift, okay. And in the podcast, she asks interviewers about moments of transition in their life and like how you carried yourself through that, all of this. And I said, oh, that's really interesting. I feel like I'm going through a shift right now, but because I'm like in the middle of it, I don't want to name this one 
thing. So I'm going to talk about the very first like big shift in my life, which was this moment when I was in my late twenties, I was a corporate PR person and I felt myself shifting to be full-time yoga meditation teacher. So this huge shift in my, you know, work identity was happening. And as I was explaining this whole thing, what I was naming was I made a plan. I had a financial plan for this shift. I was doing my work. I knew exactly, like, here was my goal. I needed to replace my income. I wanted to do it in this way. I had this very clear map. And then the next question she asked me was, well, does that feel the same in this newest transition, the one you're going through now? And I said, you know, it doesn't Mm. because I don't know what's going to be on the other side of the trend. Like, I don't have the clear, it has to look this way. And what I realized as you were talking is, right, I had a goal, very clear goal in that first transition to change my job. And this new transition is not that. Mm -hmm. It is very much about a feeling, a vibe, Mm -hmm. and energy. And I love that you just gave me context for the difference in those shifts. That's so beautiful. Thank you for that. I'm so glad. You are welcome. Yeah. And they work beautifully together. I find that people who work through my four phases of manifesting flexible roadmap system that I just explained, people who work through it often have a similar experience to that where their first major manifestation experience, that's where they're mindfully manifesting. Um, they involves a goal and they're able to like manifest goal, but they're their like achievements go beyond what they were just expecting. And then later on, they're like, okay, well, I'm not necessarily looking to, you know, make this certain dollar amount or meet this number of people or travel to this many countries or whatever. I'm more or less just looking to live fulfilled and live whatever. It's more ambiguous. And it's not to say that one's worse than the other. It just does take a different approach, I think. And Mm. um, I think this does kind of tie back in a a little bit to your own personal natal chart, how you handle things and what your energy blueprint is and what works best for you. This is a perfect example of why manifesting is so nuanced, why working with a manifesting coach can make such a difference because you might not even realize that there are things that you're doing that might not be working for you in the manifesting world. So interesting. I'm a double Aquarius. So oh, I'm like, <laughs> I'm a double Pisces. So nice. Are you? Oh, I love Aquarius. That. Interesting. So yeah. that, is that your sun and your moon? No, it's my sun and my rising. Okay. My moon's Gemini. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, that's why yeah. you're so good at making friends so. and good relationships. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, let's talk about where does mindfulness come in? Where does a meditation practice come in? I know we named this a little bit and I like that you use the word mindful manifesting. How do you use a mindfulness practice with your clients and in your own practice? Yeah. Well, the prerequisite of working with any type of coach is you need a daily meditation practice. It's okay if you don't have one because we will cultivate one together, but that is something to be expected that you do need a daily practice. Um, that's why I called you onto my podcast to talk about the importance of a daily practice and what happens when you go deeper, when you get really good. I've also committed to making every one of my listeners go to eight weeks after having that yes. interview with you. Nice. <laughs> I basically work really hard to hold my clients accountable for maintaining their meditation practice. It helps me too. It's not just for me, like, you know, being the meditation coach. <laughs> it's more like making sure we're all maintaining what this most important spiritual hygiene skill that we need to do, which is meditation. And as you know, as a yoga teacher, mindfulness is a very specific type of meditation. And this is basically when you are noticing 
the thoughts of your ego. You kind of mentioned on this a little bit. You're like, oh, my ego is doing this. How interesting. That's mindfulness. It's mm-hmm. taking a step back from your ego mind that's putting on the show and you're watching from the audience. Mm-hmm. That is an example of mindfulness. I really like visualization. Yeah. So I hope that makes more sense. So the way I bring this into manifesting is just the same way where your your soul self, your subconscious self, how, your higher self, however you want to view it, is sitting in the audience and watching the ego plan out and all this stuff. And it's going, great, this is your what you want to do, what your ego thinks is possible, what the ego thinks is important and all this stuff. But your soul is kind of going, okay, what am I actually wanting though? Like, that's great. That's what you want. But what do I want? And I find that a consistent manifest mindfulness meditation practice, too many M's, makes this so much easier. Like I had a beautiful client who has literally changed her whole life in in just one month. Um, She, at first, when I first started working with her, she was talking about how she wanted to manifest a new career, but she wasn't sure what she wanted to do because she was interested in this, but there's no jobs for that. She was interested in this, but there's no companies out there like that, all this stuff. And she was only thinking in terms of what the ego understood for it to be safe. And I'm like, that's great and all, but, and I will come back to this, but what is it that your soul wants? Like, what is it that truly is passionate for you? And she had a hard time getting to the root of what was actually making her soul excited, what her actual soul purpose was, because she hadn't quite cultivated that mindfulness aspect of being able to separate her soul from the ego thoughts. So once you are able to do that, it becomes a lot easier to realize what it is that you actually want to manifest. Because I have a lot of people that come to me and say, I want to manifest, but I don't know what it is. Like, I want something to change, but I don't know what, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want to do. Mindfulness fixes that. Yeah. I love that. That's really interesting that clients come to you in that way. I love that. So bringing that mindfulness practice and specifically when you don't know what it is you're manifesting for, that's such an interesting practice. I really love that. And and what's coming to mind for me actually is, you know, I tell everybody to journal. All of my students, I say, journal, please journal after your practice. This is where the wisdom is, right? We have insights. We hear things or see things or feel things in our practice. And if we jump up and run into the next moment of our day, we forget all of it. We don't carry it forward. So true. And so as you were saying this, I'm like, oh, you are like serving as the journal for your client, right? You're helping them to remember the wisdom that's coming out of their practice. Yeah, that's so sweet of you to say. I would like to think so. I feel like that's a really special thing about coaching. A lot of people don't realize how good it is to just like kind of talk things through and how much more deeply they can connect with themselves by talking to somebody else. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people realize this with therapists and stuff, but coaching is a little bit different because it's forward face- facing. It's like, what do I need to do to get to where I want to go? And then we talk about that as opposed to hashing out your past, right? Yes. Yes. All right. So I, let's go into that before we do a practice together a little bit. So I have just started working with my first coach, which I'm like super excited about. Uh, And prior to that, I have always had sort of mentorship relationships with teachers Talk a little bit about what it means to work with a coach. What does it look like to work with you? What am I working with you for? Yeah, I have many coaches personally. I have at least five. (laughs) And I feel like working a coach is basically a hired friend Mm -hmm. whose advice you want to hear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, you know, a lot of our loved ones are very well-meaning, but they might not understand 
certain aspects of certain whatever it is that you're getting coached on, or they might not have the expertise to really be able to make an effective difference. So we don't always necessarily want to hear their advice, right? But we do want to talk to them about it. Yeah, but when we hire hire a specific coach to help us with a specific thing, we are getting the advice that's actually going to make a difference. Um, and then it's up to us to do the work that we need. And it's just nice to have that connection. Like I mentioned, I have a few coaches. I have several different types of business coaches and then my actual like spiritual mentor. I just know mm-hmm. she's always there for me and she's mm. a coach there. And I, I just know I can trust her. It's a total safe space. Like she knows things that other people don't know. Yeah. Having that 100% safe container where spirit is there and we are there together and we're just working through things with someone who understands my spiritual beliefs, like on the most deep level is unlike any other relationship. And not to say that all the other relationships suck or they're bad. It's just not, it doesn't serve in the same way. Like your your spouse is serving you in a totally different way than your coaches, but your coach is helping you achieve your specific goals. And this is very similar if you were to do a couples coaching thing because the couples coaches exist as well. Very similar thing. You're just kind of creating the container to be safe and non-judgmental and be able to work through stuff to move forward. And there are I'm not a licensed therapist, but there are therapeutic elements in coaching where, especially the type of coaching that I do with manifesting, where we work through shattering that manifesting ceiling. So we're often talking about things that are coming up and the universe through astrology has ways to bring things up. So it is a little bit like, oh, maybe this pattern comes from this time as a child or or you could benefit from doing inner child work. So let's work on that a little bit. So it, it can be therapeutic in that way, but it really, at the end of the day, is about moving forward, very forward facing. Mm-hmm. And the way I like to do coaching is I like to incorporate crystal Reiki as well. So all of my sessions, my single sessions are four or 75 minutes long. So we can have six 60 minutes of active coaching while Reiki is flowing because Reiki flows on a a higher channel. So it's always flowing regardless of whether or not you're talking. Um, And then 15 minutes set aside specific for like silent meditation and Reiki and like Mm -hmm. integration and crystal magic and all that good stuff. So I feel like a lot of coaching does kind of miss that sort of element part. Very similar to what you were just saying about the journaling exercises. You can't just get up and go after your meditation and just start going because you're getting these downloads. Like you really do need that sort of cushion of time to just absorb. And then you're a lot less overwhelmed afterwards. So I hope that answers your question. I hope that paints a good picture of what a coaching container with me looks like. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about the practice we're going to do together today. Yes. I'm so excited. When you told me that this is going to happen, I was like, ooh, because I've never done this on a podcast before. I probably do this little ritual with my clients and my in my Facebook group when I go live a couple times a week, mm. at least once a week. And I do it for myself at home. There was a time where I was doing it every single day because I really felt like we had a lot of heavy energy. And now I probably do it about once a week and it's amazing. I just call it commands. And what we do is we cleanse. And I'm going to use selenite to cleanse, which is a um, white crystal that's kind of really soft and it's really good for cleansing and absorbing negative energy. And I kind of have a little script here that doesn't rhyme, unfortunately. I like when things rhyme, but this does not rhyme. <laughs> and it's basically, I'll, I'll, you'll hear it, but it's basically just clearing out things that aren't serving us so we can manifest better. Mm, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. All right, friends. So I invite you to sit in a comfortable position. Close your eyes if you feel safe. Either hands at your heart or hands on the knees for grounding. Feel all the different parts of your body touching the ground. And begin to breathe slowly at your own pace, fully in and out. Slowing down the mind, 
slowing down the heart, easing the tension in the body. Relax the muscles in your face, unclench your jaw, drop your shoulders, let go of your stomach muscles, let your knees and your feet flap open. Use your breath to feel relaxed. Check in with your current energetic state. Without judgment or blame or opinions, just notice. Where is your attention going in your body? Where do you feel bricks or tingles or itches? The ego has opinions on it, but we don't need to listen to them now. Now I invite you to visualize your crown chakra above your head as a big, brilliant, glowing orb of light opening up to the sky, to the heavens, to receive love from source. And it pours over you as the Reiki flows and cleanses all and washes over you. I'm going to introduce our selenite now, starting at the crown. I will comb it through, pulling it down over your chakras, helping distribute that loving, love and light energy from source all over your body, down the front, down the back, around the feet. Feel it absorb. Feel it penetrate. Feel it encircle you. Very cleansing. Washes away all that is no longer serving you. The selenite takes away what isn't yours to carry. Now as we create a nice little bubble of beautiful white glowing energy around us, it's nice and cleansing. Let us take three breaths in this white glowing energy before we do our commands. The words I speak next are words spoken for us all, for all who are listening across time and space. May these apply to you. I am of God, source, creator, and spirit. I command the removal of all dark, dense, negative energy, not of the highest good now. I command the removal of all hexes, curses, spells, karmic overlays, and black magic, not of the highest good now. I command the removal of any and all blockages to my personal cash flow lines and manifestations not of the highest good now. And so it is. All is well. And thank you. Quick check-in. What's different now? Do you feel lighter? Do you feel at ease? Do you feel inspired? 
start coming back, wiggling fingers and toes, opening eyes slowly. And know that at any time, the loving, clearing, cleansing energy of Reiki is available to you. All you have to do is just ask. Thank you, Sarah Ray. You are welcome. So I hope that made a difference. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. These commands are very powerful. Uh, They were channeled by my mentor and she gave them to me. And I feel like they are like instantaneous. So Mm. you can always come back to this if you need to. Love that. And listeners, uh, you know, already, but you know, you get all of these practices as their own individual recordings without all the talking beforehand if you subscribe to my newsletter. So you'll be able to access that. And Sarah, where can people find more about you? Yeah. Well, thank you for the opportunity to have me on. It's been wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love being in your energy. I have the Spiritually Inspired Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. New every Friday, all kinds of manifesting and mindfulness and magic happening over there. Definitely want to listen to Meryl's episode. It was absolutely wonderful mm-hmm. going beyond the 10 minutes. One of the best interviews I've ever had, honestly. I'm not just saying that. But I, I do think it was beautiful. I also do a Reiki meditations, very similar to what you just experienced, multiple times a week in my free Facebook group. So if you would like to join those live and you'll be able to catch the replays there as well, you can go to spirituallyinspired.co slash free group. You will get astrology, tarot readings, all Mm. kinds of channeled guidance and Reiki multiple times a week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. You know, as so silly to name, but I'm going to name it anyway. As we were doing our practice, I'm like in my head, what I saw was the start of the show notes that I'm going to write for this says, it says warning colon magic inside. So I love (laughs) that you just named magic because I'm like, it's exactly what I felt in this episode. I love that. That's one of my taglines, manifesting (laughs) mindfulness and magic. Because I feel like magic just kind of encompasses everything because we are not muggles around here. We are mystical. Oh, bring it. I love that. Sarah, so fun. I'm so glad we made this connection. Thank you for bringing manifestation in such a mindful way to this podcast. So glad. I appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to teach mindful manifesting the way it's meant to be taught. Too many M's. (laughs) I know it's too many M's. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving me a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps others to find the show. And let's face it, we could definitely use more meditators out there. The Mindful Minute is recorded on Muskogee land and is produced with the support of Michael Sayhaus and Brianna Nielsen. To join my live classes, ask questions, or learn more about my teacher trainings, please visit MerylArnett.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.